It was a dark night in mid-October in Dallas, Texas. Three amazingly beautiful, hilarious siblings Tashay, Sage, and Storm walk into a bar. From behind the light of a single candle, as the drinks begin to flow, so do the stories. And as per usual, they turn dark very quickly. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Three Siblings Walk Into a Bar. I'm Storm, the youngest sibling. I'm Shay, the middle or oldest sibling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Sage, the actual middle sibling. Why do you guys both want to be the middle sibling? It's when you go second. You're like trying to get in order. So you're going second, you're like, oh, I'm the middle. Wait, no, I'm not. Stop it. Stop. The, oh, the middle is God arguably now. the best anyway, so it's okay. It's oh okay. my gosh. <laughs> I understand why you're jealous. <laughs> I was, speaking of, I always get these. I was um, watching a TikTok about siblings and it was, um, and it was like the oldest sibling and it was like, yeah, oh, you need a ride to the airport? Okay. Oh, at five o'clock in the morning, you have to be there at five o'clock? Oh, Mm-mm. okay. Yeah. And then the middle sibling grabs the phone and they're like, why are you asking us to take you to the airport at five o'clock in the morning? Don't you know that people need to sleep? What were you thinking? No, we will not take you to the airport. And then the youngest sibling takes it and goes, we're all going to be sleeping. We'll buy you an Uber to take you to the airport. Thank you. Have a great day. And then they hang up the phone Very and they're bad. like, what is wrong with both of you? <laughs> Very bad. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was funny. We thought we were special with our dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Oh man, that's so it. true. <laughs> oh god. So funny. God. TikTok, TikTok. My TikTok has turned into Christmas TikTok. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Grinch TikTok, and I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with the Grinch oh. characters. Oh, I love so them. They're so yeah. funny. So good. I want to go so bad. To the, uh, it's universal, ice. right? Oh, that, yes, the actual Grinch guy. Yeah, it's universal. Yeah. I think it's in California. I think it's Universal California. Not is Florida. it? Oh, okay. I think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, but, but you know the, that you can pay people. The Gaylord. Oh, the Gaylord. Yes, yeah, the Gaylord. The, the, the Grinch. ice is uh, the Grinch this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, you can pay people to come, like, ruin your Christmas decorations outside, like dressed as the Grinch. Really? That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, like they'll come um, out, they'll like let you know when they're on their way, and then you'll like go outside, and then the Grinch will come and start like kicking over your um, like inflatable stuff or like that's throwing awesome. your that's candy amazing. Cane, you know? So that's fun. awesome. So, uh, along those lines, um, typical middle kid fashion, I'm going to ruin the vibe real quick. Uh, there's someone called Wrinkles the Clown. Have you guys heard Stop of this? It. No, no, I don't want to. It's from like la, 2017, la, la. 2018, but um, he would put stickers of his face up all over the place with his phone number and you could call him and he would scare your kids for you. <gasps> oh my God. No. Yeah. And so that's where the whole like uh, the killer clowns being like out in public and stuff. That's where it started. Oh was my this guy. God. And what there's still stickers this? and like his phone number is all over the there's a documentary about it. Well, I I'm like, that's how you get shot. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. but like at the end of the documentary, they show like he's working with the parents. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be right here. This is where I'm walking in. This is where I'm gonna end up. And so like and there's like there's voice calls and stuff, and it's like them leaving messages for him, and he's like 
the parents are like, I'm going to call wrinkles. And you can hear the kids like screaming. Like oh they used God. him that's as traumatizing. like a, <gasps> That is horrible. Yeah. And that's, that's what the documentary is about is like, is like, is this okay? Kind of no, thing. It's absolutely not. Very interesting. Very I would never. interesting. <laughs> I would never. No, not even close. And I thought they were doing it at like their house, you know, like that they, kid's yeah. going to be forever yeah, free to place. be home. Safe place. Yeah. yeah. There was one where he like mm-hmm. hid in the bushes and the family was playing a board game and the mom was like, what is that? And they like all look out the window and the dad's videotaping and then he comes running up to the window and everyone starts screaming and running and the dad goes along with it, drops the phone and like runs with the family and then you see the clown pick up the phone and like and then he like turns it off stop fucking terrifying i hate that so much don't ever ask me to do that i swear (laughs) to god hard no the first thing that's gonna happen is instead of shooting the clown i'm gonna call sage and go you dumbass come over here right now and then i'm gonna shoot you yeah exactly (laughs) like i know this was you (laughs) Mm -mm. it was so interesting but i that's i never knew that that's where that all started like the whole thing. Yeah, I had no idea. It makes me think of um, Zombieland. Mm-hmm. When, you know, because like they go into Bill Murray's house and they find <laughs> Bill Murray dressed as a zombie. Yes. And mm-hmm. so they go try to scare the kid, but then the kid ends up shooting, shooting him. Because he thinks it's a zombie. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. How Very dumb. Mm-hmm. It would absolutely be that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh y'all i can't how was y'all's weekends and weeks i guess it's been a whole week I'm like what mm-hmm. yeah it's wild oh i can't keep up with it was it good all. it was busy We're starting good. to pick up again which is busy. amazing yeah That's you'll be good. way busy in january when everybody got their christmas money mm-hmm. and then again in february when everybody has their tax return yep yep <laughs> people dealing with their families this month so they're like just please help me i'm like I yeah, got you. Yeah. I got you. Like, hurt me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I, oh. My favorite clients are the ones that just text me and they're like, it's time. And I'm like, I know exactly what you need. <laughs> You're like, so. <laughs> Send me a picture. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> you were like, actually, it's not. I'm available on Wednesday. <laughs> If you would like to set an appointment with Sage Decay, please follow. <laughs> you just send them a link. You're exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then once I've approved it, it'll send you an email. Right. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I can't, y'all. All right. I got a fun one. Well, again, I hate saying that. Just mm-hmm. ignore me when I say that. It's, I don't mean it in any way. I get it. Than... I get it. I've said it too. Yeah. Okay. I just know that there's going to be that one person that's like related to these people and they're going to be yep. like, this is not you. And I'm going to be like, no, yeah. that's not what I meant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but I got all of this. I watched an episode from Cold Case Files, which I totally forgot existed. Love and I totally it. forgot yeah. how much I love that show. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, he- I've heard this story before on other podcasts. It's fairly famous, but um it's sad, but it's good. Sweet. Well, we're, we're going to enjoy it. It'll be a fun time. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> okay. <Hey>. So, <laughs> um, in Troy, Michigan, November of 1985, two friends, David Till and Brian 
Ogenhan, Ogen, Ogen John. Um, They were really good friends. Mm -hmm. So they were, you know, childhood best friends. They were best, they were best mans at each other's weddings. They were like your typical, like best friends that were brother, like became brothers, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, in November of 18, 1985, they went deer hunting. They were driving to a cabin in the woods owned by David's family on a Friday Mm -hmm. night. Um, they were going to meet up with David's brothers. All of them were going to go hang out. They were going to play cards, drink, shoot some deer, you know, mm-hmm. bro things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I would like to do that too. Minus shooting the deer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, is it bro stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is it just like cabin stuff? <laughs> okay. So that Monday morning comes around and no one's heard from the two men. David's mother ended up calling his wife and he told her that they never showed up at the cabin at all. Mm. So they were supposed to be there Friday and then they just weren't there. Mm. Um, so they obviously had been gone all weekend and the wife immediately files a missing persons report. So this one's a little shocking to me, Mm. I guess just because technically at that point they had been missing for over 24 hours or whatever the like mm-hmm. thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they immediately put out a missing persons for both of them. Really? Mm. Yeah. Um, due to it being like hunting season and in the middle of the woods, the police mm-hmm. were pretty certain some sort of accident had happened. Yeah. But all the officers were told, keep a lookout for their, Bronco. They had a 1980 Blackboard Bronco. They also put the car out on um, the media, hoping that other people might recognize it if it was stuck on the side of the road or whatever, they were able to find it. There were quite a few people that had called in saying that they had saw that truck in Mayo, um, Michigan, which is about 150 miles away from where the cabin was that they were supposed to end up at. So this made the police think that the car's being used. It's being Mm -hmm. driven around because it wasn't where it was supposed to be. It's in a totally different city and multiple people have seen it in different places. So it's being driven around. Mm -hmm. So they get to Mayo, Mio, Mayo, M-I-O, like the drink. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they go on a full hunt. They're trying to look in the woods there. They're trying, they're trying to find this truck. They can't, but it, they can't find it. It's not there. Hmm. So they start talking to the hunters that are around. Hmm. No one's seen them. No one's seen the truck. No one's seen any kind of weapon, a body, like nothing. Nobody's seen them. They're just yeah. gone. So two years later in November of 87, at this point, their story's kind of like a scary story in the town. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's heard about it. Everybody has their opinions on what happened to them. Mm-hmm. As you do Mostly, in a small town. Yes. Right. So the, the most popular place to hear about this or talk about it or at all the local bars. Again, small town. Mm-hmm most of anything you have to do there is at a bar. Yeah. 
a man had overheard a conversation and he immediately found it necessary to go tell the police what he heard. He chose to stay confidential, so I'm not really sure what his name is. I think if I went and like dug into police reports, I could probably figure it out. But I feel like if he didn't want it on the TV show, then he doesn't want yeah. everybody right. else talking about it. So, right. <clears throat> um, he was at a birthday party at a ball at a bar, not a ball, <laughs> called O'Shea's, and at a table nearby there were a bunch of men known as the Duval brothers. They were also known as the local bullies. Mm, so they oh were the God. bad, you know, the bad guys. You didn't double cross them. They were stereotypical bullies. movie yeah. bullies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the man that was telling the story that I don't know his name, his brother-in-law and father-in-law were talking to the Duval men, you know, sharing like shit stories and how, mm-hmm. you know, I did this once and that and, the, the brothers were going into great detail about all these fights they had been in. But they get to one story in particular where they were talking about beating two Michigan hunters. Mm. JR, which is one of the brothers, had been getting beaten up. He went home, told all of his other brothers, and two of them had come back to the bar and said they beat them to death. Mm-hmm. This is all bar talk. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Right. One had quote, the guy said one had quoted saying, you should have seen one of their faces while we did the other one. <sighs> Pretty much like while I was beating this one up, the other one's face yeah. was funny. Yeah. Oh my God. <sighs> they also said that they had taken them back to their farm threw them in a pig pen and fed them to their pigs. Okay. What? (laughs) So everyone was scared of these brothers, right? Like you did Mm -hmm. not cross them. That was not a thing you did. Everybody knew that they were bad news. They all had prior convictions. So it was either stealing cars, poaching deer or assaulting women. Hmm. Nobody would talk to any detectives about them because Mm -hmm. they were so scared of them. They're scared of them. So, of course, they heard this story and they're like, I need to talk to everybody. But nobody, everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Who? The Duval brothers. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. After a while, the detective was able to get a few people to kind of start talking about it. One of the brothers had said there was a snake in the wood pile and they were trying to figure out who was talking to the police, but really it was them bragging about this stuff at bars Mm -hmm. and people going and telling the police what they heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the detective went investigating. He at first kind of thought it was a joke because I mean like who was going to feed somebody to their pig or what a pig, you know, pigs aren't going to eat that. But then it, you know, he said in the show, he said, first time I heard it, I kind of laughed it off. Second time I heard it, whatever. Third time I heard it, okay, maybe. And then the fourth time I heard it, I went and looked after it. So there were many people Mm. that had heard this exact story and found it necessary to go tell the police about it. Mm. 
Um, he had found out that the brothers actually, or one of the brothers actually does have large pigs or hogs and they were really mean and they would eat anything. Mm. Anything put in front of them. Yeah. Pigs do that. Especially like <laughs> feral hogs. Like yes. wild yes. feral hogs. Yes. Like, yeah. And they are mean. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had no way to prove anything. No one had actually seen the brothers get killed. And nobody was really willing to give up any sort of, uh, I guess, good information on yeah. the brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the case went cold. Eek. That makes me sad. I'm like, oh, yeah. that is you know. so sad. That's horrible. After two years, yeah. And especially after, like, you're pretty sure you know who did it, right? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. But their hands are tied. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, they have nothing. So yeah. just watch them until they do something and then bring them. And then, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So October of 1998, the new detective named Lesnisky, and he also went by Bronco. So they were like, oh, the Bronco's looking for the Bronco. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, his first <So> assignment... <laughs> his uh, first assignment was the missing hunters case. So how crappy I feel like Mm -hmm. get the new detective. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Like, good luck, bro. So they had three large binders with all the case information in it over the years. The main points were, there were two brothers, Coco and JR, and they were expect, they were suspected to be the two that showed up to beat and murder David and Brian. So everybody kind of knew who did it or what kind of circle did it. Mm-hmm. So we are kind of aware of that. Yeah. But there's no proof, no physical evidence, nothing. It's all circumstantial. So mm-hmm. he, you know, the detective said, like, I have a great circumstantial case, but I have nothing to go mm-hmm. off of it. Right. So he starts hearing a rumor that there was a woman who had actually seen the murder. And so he made a list of all the people that he knew were in contact or friends of the Duval brothers. Bronco went to go visit a woman named Barb Boudreaux. She opened the door, immediately started shaking uncontrollably and told the detective that he was going to be the reason she got killed. And it was oh, like, he's, she was like, you need to leave. Mm. She went to go shut the door in his face. And he said, this is the first time I ever did this, but I stuck my foot in the door. Mm. So she Ooh. couldn't shut it. Yeah. He finally was able to convince her um, to let him come inside. And he said the look of terror in her face, letting him oh. come in there was terrified. Um, Barb told him that she would tell him some part of the story but she didn't know anything. She didn't know a lot. She didn't know all of it. And mm-hmm. she didn't know anything that would help with his case. He didn't believe her, <laughs> which I'm like, you can't be that scared when you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe you could be, I guess I probably would be too, but he said that he just, he just wanted her to trust him. He wanted to get a relationship with her so that she knew that he's there to help her. And he, mm-hmm is going to do what he can to fix this problem. Um, 
she still, she just wasn't very forthcoming with information. She said that everything that she would say to him was hearsay. So that way they couldn't use it in a case and the brothers wouldn't be able to abuse her over it. But just horribly terrifying and just to be that scared to say anything, especially Mm -hmm. to a detective that's there to help you. And you're like, no. So Bronco knew he had to be patient with her. He knew that she was important. He didn't know why, but he couldn't lose her. So Mm -hmm. he would just little by little come back and talk to her multiple times over the span of four years. Jeez. Four years. Every time he came, he would get more and more of the story. And Barb had eventually told him that she saw the hunters the night that they were murdered. Four years later. Four which I'm years. like, again, I get she was genuinely terrified for her life. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my goodness. So her and her friend, Ronnie Emery, were out at a local bar. I forgot my water and I keep having to like swallow and it's like not <laughs> going great. Um, so they were out at a local local bar called Linker's Lost Creek Lodge. The two hunters were standing at the bar and JR and Coco Duvall walked in and started yelling at the hunters. She knew the Duvall brothers, so she wasn't like friends with them or anything, but she, you know, town reputation, she knew them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so she knew something bad was going to happen. And she um, quoted said, there was going to be some ass kicking tonight. <laughs> hmm. Ronnie and Barb grabbed some steaks and went back to Barb's house. So she lived less than half a mile away from the bar. So she's right down the street. Mm-hmm. They started hearing men in the street yelling and cussing. And she told Ronnie that there were people fighting outside. And he said, well, let's go watch. (laughs) What the hell? Why would you want to do that? Right. Uh, Ronnie went to go watch alone. She didn't want to go. After a short time, the yelling had stopped. Ronnie came back to Barb and said that they were. They were beating them and he thinks that they killed him and they were begging for their lives. She said that she could hear these ping noises that sounded like an aluminum bat hitting a softball. Oh my oh, god. No. I know exactly what that noise is. <clears throat> Ugh, terrific. So, he's like perfect, an eyewitness. Where's Ronnie? Mm-hmm. Ronnie had died at this point. So he was mm. no longer alive. Bro. The hell? So Barb was not an eyewitness, but she was the close that they were going to get. Right. Mm-hmm. So the investigators subpoenaed or issued a subpoena for Barb, who had to tell her story to a prosecutor. Um, April 17th, 2003, Bronco gets on record deposition from Barb. So they are not in her house talking over the year. Mm -hmm. Like this is actually being Mm -hmm. recorded on record. Yeah. Near the end of her story, she stops and she says, you knew I couldn't tell you the whole story. 
and she stops. And she told him, she was like, I had already told you from the beginning. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you the whole truth. And so they stopped recording. And right when they stopped recording, she just, she tells this whole different story. Wow. She had Jeez. gone down with Ronnie. Mm-hmm. She tells him that she had watched behind a tree and that about five men surrounded David and Brian. J.R. and Coco beat them with a bat while the others watched. Okay, so this is the hard part to listen to. It's a quote from her. I typed everything that she said. Here we go. David Till was on his knees. He, was al- he had already been beat because he was pretty well bloody. And he had his hands up in the air. He goes, oh my God, somebody help us. And Coco swung the bat and said, you're a dead MFR. And his head popped like a pumpkin. It sounded like you dropped a pumpkin or you drop a pumpkin and he was down. Brian broke free and started running. They went after him and drug him back. He says, you killed my friend. You killed my friend. And then they stood him up and they said, look, look at that. He pissed himself. And then they threw him on the ground and proceeded to start kicking and beating him until there was no more noise. So those two were like best friends. Like they literally grew up together, everything. And then he had to watch that. Mm -hmm. And she described a few other things that I just did not find necessary to put in here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you want to envision it, you can, but if you want to go watch the cold case file episode, you're welcome to do that too. Um, So they both ran away back to Barb's house. And a little later there was a knock at the door. The Duvall brothers were at the door. They said, you saw nothing. You heard nothing. I know you and your family and pigs have to eat too. Oh my God. So after, after that, so since they can confirm that they said that to her and then all of these other stories that they had Mm -hmm. heard from everybody Mm -hmm. else, they were like, cool, we got them. Mm. after that jr and coco are arrested for the murder of david and brian so they don't have a lot though right they have one eyewitness account and that's all they have no bodies they have no car nothing Mm -mm. so they've got to run this whole case off of one eyewitness account Mm mm-hmm So that summer of 2003, they are ready to call all of the Duval brothers, family, friends, neighbors, anybody who's ever had to deal with them to give a character report for the case. (laughs) Just bring Mm. the whole town. The the whole damn town. So they knew that... Um, they were going to get some incriminating information out of people from that night Mm -hmm. because of um, police. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Interviews that they had done Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. So they know bringing them into court, they were also going to hear that from, or the jury would hear that. 
So once those two had been put in prison, a lot more people were feeling more comfortable to come talk. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, there was a woman that appears, and her name is Catherine Slynn Whiskey. And she was dating JR's son. She okay. tells him about a conversation that she had had with JR in 1996. She said, this was a quote from her. He was smiling and laughing and told her that him and Coco had gone up north and were hunting a deer. And they had come across a deer they had shot. And two other guys claimed they had shot it. They got into a big fight over it. They had ended up taking the deer with them and they ended up running into them at a bar later that night and went outside and continued to fight with them and beat them to death. And JR was extremely proud of this. Over a deer? Over mm-hmm. a deer. So now they have a why, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or a... <coughs> Toxic masculinity. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He told her that he put the bodies in a shredder and fed them to the pigs. He threatened her that he would do the same thing to her if she left his son in the home that they shared in Michigan. Oh my God. Cool. What the hell? What a shithead. Yeah. October 20th, 2003, the trial began. Um, One woman named Connie Sunberg, who was dating Donald Duvall, which was one of the brothers, Mm -hmm. said that he had come home drunk one night. It was a few months after the murder. She said he had his hands, his head in his hands. He looked up and said they killed, they had killed somebody He looked at her and said, you fucking bitch, and then started smacking her around. What the fuck? Like, apparently it's her fault that they murdered somebody. Wow. So keep in mind that they're all having to say this stuff in court in front of those brothers. Because obviously the brothers are there. At least the two that are there on trial. Mm -hmm. So that's hard. One brother had told another brother, I never killed anyone, anyone. All I did was transport the bodies. Okay. okay. You were there and you transported you the bodies. You were there. Yeah. 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 So Frank Duvall is um, their younger brother. And he had said some incriminating information to the police before the trial. Um, Frank had told the police that Coco said the police were so dumb. If they found one body, they would find the other one right under it. But during the trial, when they asked him about it, he said, no, that's not what I said. What I said was I thought it was Coco's voice, but I never saw him say that. Oh my God. Okay. Circumstantial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kenny Duvall, also a brother. They had a taped confession that said that they were stripping the truck down for parts. And he firmly believes that it was the missing hunter's truck. But during the trial, 
they had a video of it and the lady's like it said you said that you were stripping down a for a black four bronco no they said that you believe that that is the missing hunter's truck that is their truck no okay we have you on tape bro nice try yeah yes and also i'm like you're so big bad and brave talking to the police but then Mm -hmm. in front of your brothers you're being a scaredy cat right Mm -hmm. yeah during the trial catherine who states that tommy so tommy's jr son she was the one that was dating jr son Mm-hmm. Tommy did not want her to leave, so he told JR to tell her what had happened to the men. And he told her that they smashed their heads like melons. Oh, that hurts my soul. And then yes. in like a separate interview for this show, she was like, Imagine having to go to sleep that night with him on the other side of the wall. She's yeah. like, I no. was terrified. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even if, even if you convinced her to stay because you scared her to stay, right. that relationship's never going to be the same. She's no. never no. going to never. like love you or like, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to like, seem like he really cares about that. I know. I, you yeah. know, I'm sure. <laughs> no. But, but I, I'm just thinking still, that any yeah. touch or anything and she's going to like flinch mm-hmm. or like, and it's yeah. just not, unless again, like you said, he just doesn't care, but. Like, how can Whatever. you be no, so nonchalant about killing somebody? Yes. And he's like, you know, I'm just imagining being like, Daddy, tell her what you did. Exactly. Yeah. And him being like, all right, son. And then exactly. him sitting, I'm sure he was just sitting there with his arms crossed like, mm-hmm. did you hear yeah. Did you hear him? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. like campfire stories. It's mm-hmm. disgusting. I hate <clears throat> every part of it. Mm-hmm. So Barb was next and she had to tell her entire story. they cross-examined her obviously and i was getting so mad um so she had admittedly had about nine drinks that night Mm -hmm. and so the the prosecutor not the prosecutor the um defending lawyer knew that he had to try to discredit her because right. she was going to be the main putting them away. They called her a drunk. So yeah. they had to specify that they were throwing in her face how much she drank. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, he was like, well, the first time you had to tell the story, you didn't have to say it in front of their faces. Did you, you didn't have to look in their eyes and tell them. And she said, I don't have to do that now. <laughs> and he was like, and he Ooh. goes, say yes or no. And then she goes, no, God damn it. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my. This is making me mad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So after the trial, um, the jury only deliberated for two hours. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. it. 18 years after the murders. So a two-hour deliberation, 18 years after their murders they were given a verdict of guilty of first degree murder. Think all things holy. Was it just the two of them? Yes. Okay. They were given life without the possibility of parole. Detective Bronco said he was not finished. He was not happy 
because there were five people there, according to Barb, Mm -hmm. and only two of them are in prison right now. Mm -hmm. And he said, David and Brian deserve better. And he said, um, you know, to everybody that had something to do with that, and that you think that you're safe now because those two are in prison and won't come out. It's not over yet. Right. I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. And so he's uh, still fighting, I guess. I don't know. I guess that was in 2003, so it was a while ago. But jeez, mm-hmm. that's that's what happened to the that's so poor David and Brian. <coughs> I can only imagine that. like living in a small town like that. right and like those dynamics because living in a small town is it is completely like its own world it's so wild yes well because everybody knows everybody Mm -hmm. you can't get away with anything and then you got your few people that think they run the place and they Mm -hmm. run the place you know yeah Mm -mm. i hate it but i'm glad those two are gone And you know, you know that they thought they got away with it because I mean, it was 18 years. They did. Yeah. And so, and they, and you know, it was them being dumbasses and telling the whole damn world their whole, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, after that and everybody hearing all that, they were extra scared of them. So they're like, no, I will not say anything. That's not the first time I've heard of the pig thing before either. I mean, I wouldn't have ever thought that that would be a thing that happened, but I mean, pigs really do eat anything. Anything. I mean, they eat, yeah. Yeah, you put a mashed up body, they're going to eat it. So apparently their stomach acid can like digest anything, basically. So like bone and stuff like that, that people normally find, if you feed it to a pig, then it'll be digested. And if they do find something, it's like, uh, normally, if you have pigs, like there's like a slaughter something near it, so yeah. there's going to be blood and stuff everywhere, anyways. I wonder so if they slaughtered those that's pigs the, like, after and pig. like where ate them. I don't know. I feel like I've heard of like a serial killer that used to feed people to his pigs. Isn't I it, feel like I've heard that too. Um, I want to say Robert Fish for some reason. Is that who it is? Let me Google it. From like the 30s or something. Pause.com. No. Uh, fish. We need to do a story on fish. That is a mm-hmm. messed up story. Yeah. I read a couple books <laughs> about him. Uh, Albert Fish is his name. Albert uh, Fish. It starts with an S. His last name starts with an S, the pig guy. He's from Canada or something, I think. I know. I've, I've, I feel like I've heard this story Robert on the podcast. Picton. Picton. That's what it is. Robert Picton. William Picton. Also oh my God. The yeah. The pig farmer killer. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I had mm-hmm. he's on my list. Okay, yeah. Okay, we all yeah. need to go through we each other's about, list yes. because I think yeah. we all have the same things. <laughs> and there's gonna be one time where I'm gonna start telling a story or somebody else says, and you're gonna be like, God damn it, I literally had half those notes done to tell next week. I started on the Picton story. I had to stop the it's a lot of information. So I think we, we, we talked about that and you were like, I can give you my notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did. Yes. <laughs> I, have you, my notes. <laughs> I have, I have the first half. Just do the second half. You'll be okay. Yeah. You can just be like a collab story. Yeah. And I'll just listen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is so great. I love it. So how many oh, of the brothers man. were there? There was five of them all together? I'm not sure exactly how many there were, but there were five people there that night. So I'm assuming mm. there were five of them. And were they all, That's... were they like actual brothers or was it like the mm-hmm. family, like the cousins and shit like that? And they no, they were all brothers. Brother. Hmm. I need to see a picture brothers. of them. Yeah. Oh, they, uh, they look like your typical, and I don't mean this in a mean way. Redneck. From small town Arkansas. They look we like are, yeah. your typical redneck folk. Country bumpkin. So I'd probably be attracted mm-hmm. to them then. Great. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I have an issue. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's so wild. And then the defense just like berating that woman. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I understand they were trying to do their job. But you're killing her character. Yeah. Right? And you know how terrified she was? Oh, yeah. It took that her I'm like, how dare years. you? It took her four years to, to say get that a lot. Yeah. Like, and you know what? Good for her because I would not mm-hmm. have been able. I mean, I guess no. not good for her, but I would not have been able to. Uh, um, do all that well i mean the only pictures i can find are them when they were um like arrested and older but um that's uh coco and jr coco generic white dudes yeah Ugh. Mm-hmm. gross small town that's folk so ridiculous. and i was just giggling because the entire time it was like well this happened at a bar and then this happened at a bar and then that happened at a bar mm-hmm. and i'm like again those little tiny ass towns where it's it's the only town. thing you have to do is either drink do drugs or each other yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh wow well good job thanks that was good i've never heard that one before mm-hmm when she was telling the story, and you could tell that she's had to tell it way yes. more times than she probably wants to. Yeah. Right. And because she was just like totally like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like stoic, like, like no expression. Yeah, like yeah. she had no, mm-hmm. like the only part that she kind of like got anywhere with was like when he was begging for his life or he was like, you killed mm. my brother, you killed my brother or uh, my friend or whatever. But uh, and I was like, she, I know every time she has to tell that story, she sees it again. Yes. And she, you know, she did go into detail about what she saw and she also, probably in like, a way like, also felt really relieved yeah. after telling it. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter. Like, well, it does matter how much she had to drink, but it doesn't really matter that much because if you see something traumatic like that, you're going to remember it. Autumn, yeah, yes. and that, I would feel like that would automatically sober you up. And I'm like, yeah. and even if you're drunk, like it's not yeah. like you're like hallucinating. You're drunk. Right. No, no, you know it's a very elaborate town. thing to make up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a small town. Everybody knows that family. They're infamous in that town like it's not it's not like she's mistaking people Mm -hmm. 
whatever. People oh, are dumb. Oh my god, made me so mad. And you could yeah. tell she wanted to so bad be like, you're a fucking piece of shit to the, yeah. like, the guy. <laughs> like, oh, you could just see the anger in her voice. Yeah, I can't hide the emotions on my face, so no. I no. couldn't, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So bad. No. Hard pass. Hard oh my god. pass. Mm-mm. That's like, like, how was she able to keep a secret like that? Yeah, she was terrified for her life. I, I guess she I just... thought she was going to get beaten to death, mm-hmm. and then fed to pigs. Damn, dude! And also, I'm like, poor Ronnie. He mm-hmm. had to live his whole life like yeah. that. Like, yeah, I I didn't look up and see how he died, but. You know, I'm sure either a lot of stress put him in an early grave or mm-hmm. something worse. Yeah. You know, that's a horrible Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Oh, God. I need to watch that episode now. That... Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, yeah. I want to, but I don't want to. But I know. I'm well, now gonna... that you know the story, <laughs> and then you can fast forward through the parts that you're like, I know what this is happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's... The full episode is on YouTube. On A and E case files, mm-hmm. so you're welcome to watch. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a good, it was a good one. They, uh, that was a good story. They, yeah. of course, made, um, you know, the narrator has to like narrate, and the cheesy things that were said, I could not <laughs> like the part where he was like. Now the Broncos looking for the black Bronco. And I was like, oh my God, stop it. You this know, he was, <laughs> he was murder. sitting there. Yeah, he was sitting there recording that and he's like, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to love this. <laughs> well, it was an old one. Like you can tell it was old. Like the picture yeah. quality was not great. I think it was like season three of Case Files, which was what, in like the 1800s? Exactly. So it yeah. was not great. <clears throat> anyway, so I'm sure people did love it. And I did kind of. I mean, it made me giggle where I was like, for real, my bro. It's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but now I'm like never gonna look at a pumpkin the same or anytime Mm-mm. I see someone throw a pumpkin like that's immediately gonna go in my brain the the tinging is what is I never want to hear that right now yeah because well, I know it's that like noise. you know mm-hmm. you knew after you find out that she was there and watched it all you knew that she was adding little things in there for them to like get the idea. Cause she didn't right. want to yeah. say, I'm pretty sure they had baseball bats, mm-hmm. but if they're like, Oh, um, but I heard this and it sounds like a baseball bat hitting a softball. Right. Like, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, so they were beating them with the soft, with a with baseball, a yeah. a, ba- mm-hmm. a baseball, Over a, fucking a bat. deer, dude. Over a deer. Over a deer. A deer. That... How dumb. And people say toxic masculinity isn't real. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. I just I don't get it. Like, what point? I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess if you're raised in a point where it's like that's just how you solve problems. Yeah. I I, get, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand people that that have grown up fighting to solve their problems. I understand that, but there's a yeah. difference between like just beating the shit out of someone, like. At a certain point, you know you're killing someone. Mm-hmm. He literally mm-hmm. said, you're about to die. Exactly, yeah. And then 
hit him <clears> as hard <throat> as he could with a baseball bat. Right. And yeah, and then like didn't let him get away. Like, yeah, it was no. And then could you imagine oh that? God. Like getting away for five seconds after just watching yes. your friend die and then being mm-hmm. like, fuck, they have me again. Yeah. And then you know, like. The terror. I would never. Mm-mm. And also I'm like, just shoot me. Mm-hmm. I don't want yeah, the like mm-hmm. torture of being beat to death. Exactly. Ugh, I hate it. It's like those so those movies that like uh, have you ever what's it called fresh fresh meat Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. Um, everyone needs to go wash it because it's amazing wash it wash it I'll go wash my fresh <laughs> my fresh yeah, meat wash the fresh meat um, <laughs> I'm not I'm trying sounds not like to a get... porno yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, that was like, I know, I'm a 12 year old boy leaving alone. That was literally the first thing that popped in my head. Uh. I'm trying to think, like, say it without giving. So basically, people are being held captive, and Mm. someone almost gets out. And then you see, like, the struggle of them, and they're like, nope, sorry, you're going back down here. Like, that, Uh. every single time, I can only imagine going Mm-mm. through something like that. Ugh, I hate it. No. Um, <clears throat> that just, I don't know why, but that just reminded me of, um, there was a book that we had to read. I think it was our s- freshman year of high school. Or maybe it was just like a short story. I don't think it was a whole book. But um, it was about a hunter who had hunted every animal and wanted like a more... like exciting exciting i guess exciting Mm -hmm. hunt or something and so he has a human like a survivalist human or also a hunter come on his little island and then he goes Uh to hunt the human Mm -hmm. i've read that yeah i'm like oh that's horrific it it reminds me y'all are not gonna remember this the pest the movie Mm -mm. john leguizamo i don't know but i love that name (laughs) Yeah. You don't know who John Leguizamo is? <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, he was yeah. in um, Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Well, who he did he play in Romeo and Juliet? He was the... Uh, fuck. What's the... He's a Hispanic the, one, He's the right? best friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. The best friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. The best friend. The best friend. I'm trying to think of his name. Of Rome- Romeo. He's like one AKA of the... Is he Leonardo the gay Caprio? one? No. That's Marcuccio. Um, yeah. He's from Juliet's family. He's like his dad's right-hand man. Okay. Okay, then yes, I know. <clears throat> I'm He's got a think. mustache. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not that everybody else doesn't have a mustache, but he does <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I hope everyone followed that because this is how Storm and I, like, this is how we talk about movies and this is how we figure shit out. <laughs> All oh, the time. Lord. Oh, my God. Y'all, <laughs> we are a hot-ass mess. Yeah, we are. Not even deal. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure they've got it by now. Yeah, I mean, I know it says what, 60? Is this 60? It's 59? No. Maybe it is 60. I think it is. We have our 60th episode on Deshay's birthday. Oh my gosh. She planned it. Mm -hmm. It did. (laughs) 
did. <laughs> okay, did. so she was like, you know what? We're gonna start this podcast right now. <laughs> speaking speaking of birthdays, okay. If someone asks you, "How old did you make?" Do you know what they're asking you? No, I've never heard. I've never it heard worded it like that. Like it, yeah. I get okay. it, but I've never heard it worded like that. I don't know where I got that from, but I've said it for years. And I said it to someone the other day and they were getting frustrated because they didn't understand what I was asking them. And I was like, how old are you? Like, how old did you, this birthday, how old are you? How do you normally say that? How old, how are, old you? are you going to be? <laughs> oh, yeah. How old did you make? I don't know. How no, old I, did you make? That, yes. sounds like, that literally sounds like um, you're like dyslexic. <laughs> right like you're well, just like mixing I mean... up a <laughs> are you like some like, <laughs> like a possibly very possibly. how old did you make saying like yes. a feel... saying or something like that i, love I don't those. know where i got that from listen we should have an I... entire episode of just southern sayings yes if <laughs> if anybody knows mm-hmm. or if anybody else says how old did you make please let me know make? because i, I know like this is not just me I mean, I, it makes sense. Like, I get it, but I would, I would do a double take. Like, huh? She was like getting frustrated because I said it three different times because I thought she just couldn't hear me, and then I realized, oh, she doesn't understand what I'm saying. And <laughs> I was like, never mind. <laughs> I literally just googled how old did you make, and everything's like, how much money did you make when you were 25? <clears throat> where did i learn this from someone has to someone has to know make? this has to be a thing somewhere listen ask dad yeah i'm sure he'll know how did you make because that makes sing? sense to me sing. i don't i i don't think it makes sense whatsoever <laughs> like, i mean if you think about it if you think about it i get it like how old did you make? Like you're here now. How old did you get to? Maybe it's because if oh, you say it that makes sense yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking mm-hmm. make like like make something. Yeah, oh, like you were thinking okay. like you were like you were like how old were you made? But like yeah. how old did it's you like make? It, now you, it makes sense. you made it to this age. Like how mm-hmm. old did you make? That's I don't know. I if you say okay, it quickly, it it's kind of like better. it's almost like. Uh, like Louisiana, kind of. I don't know. Be. So this Where did I get this was, from? This was some. What I'm reading here is that something you say, like, if I was like my husband passed away, then you'd say, "How old did he make?" Oh, so I've just so been maybe, using it wrong. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe you've been asking people how they died. Maybe you're yeah, talking exactly. to dead people. You're talking to dead people is exactly what it is. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the lights flashing and storm started talking about the actual murder. So, I mean, who oh, knows? Oh, Lord, the Duvall brothers are here. Exactly. Oh, Stop God. it. It's ridiculous. Hem, Deshay, how old did you make? Yeah. You tell everybody. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 30, 38. I will be 38 tomorrow. Fucking so old. That's I so don't. Old. Decrepit. I don't, I'm so, like, I don't even feel like that I should be allowed to be 38. Like, I don't think. 
I don't, I don't feel, feel like, like you it. act mm-hmm. 30. No. Yeah, like Mm-mm. you don't act like an old lady. Sorry to anybody that is over 38. I yeah. mean no offense. I, was, I only uh, say that because I'm the youngest of three, and so I have to make fun of people for their age. I was talking to someone. He was like uh, in his early 50s, and he was like, dude, I still feel like I'm like 25. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't go yes. away. It's always like this. Yeah. But you know what? So I have always, I don't know why, but I've always had a thing about age. Like it's just so, I'm terrified to get old. Mm. And, um, and so I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have like a whole moment with the second I turned 30 mm-hmm. and it wasn't too bad, but it was worse for me turning 31. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. cause I was like 30 and like, okay, I'm 30. And then it was like, no bitch, like you're in your thirties yeah. now, <laughs> like you are 30. Wait till you hit your late 30s, okay? Well, wait till you turn 40. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then what? Yeah. (laughs) I used to to make a joke all the time, and then after I told a few people, they told me it wasn't funny. But, like, I always... (laughs) I I never thought I would live past 30. So I woke up on my Mm -hmm. 30th birthday, and I was like, well, what the hell do I do now? And I'm 34 Mm -hmm. now. So, like, it it was just... It's weird. You don't... You don't expect to like be thirty. Yes. <laughs> it's just weird. It is. It it is like for me because when I was because my oldest is nineteen, mm-hmm. as you know. So when I was his age, and I had him, mom was my age now. Yeah. So God, could you imagine being a grandma right now? Like, no, I'm like, I am so, so sorry. You gave mom a complex. <laughs> exactly. Today. Yeah. For real. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine being 38 and being like, I'm a grandma? And, and, is, and you were like 12. And I was 12. I, I still, I remember that. I remember all of it. I just, it's just so full circle and weird. Weird. I remember you taking us to that Burger King and sitting us. Yeah. I didn't go. I didn't go. <laughs> no, I think it, it was just you. It was just yes. Yeah. And then and then you told me later, and then you went to go to the bathroom, and I looked at Sage, and I was like, "We're gonna be uncles." <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, Again, I was uncles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Cute story. That's a fun thing to remember. But yeah. you know what? I also think about because I think about like, you know, being a young mom, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I think about Eli, and I'm like, you were way fine. too young, yes, to have a like. Mm-hmm. What were we thinking? We yeah, were obviously, <laughs> but we no, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, I was, God, I'm like, I was, think about yeah. kids, and, and people even now will be like. I'm 25 and I'm like, oh, you're a baby, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, don't have kids ever. Exactly. Yeah. Wait until Just you're wait. 47. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think now and I'm like, I'm 31 <laughs> and I have three kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so tiring being pregnant with Madeline. And it was so, it's so tiring now where she's mm-hmm. like, mommy play with me. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, cause I'm old. <laughs> And, um, and I'm like, I can only imagine like starting to have kids at this age. Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, baby mama, the surrogate lady. You're so old. I love that movie. That's it's good so one. good. Oh, Amy Poehler. Nope. She's it's in there. Guy. It's in there. 
<laughs> when she's trying to give her the, the prenatal vitamin. <laughs> Can you just know I, I can't stick it up your butt? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> or when I she's doing the, the karaoke and she has the bleach in her hair and she pulls her into the shower, she's like, I am clean. <laughs> I love that movie. I, oh I quote that movie a lot. There's one quote that I say a lot. Anytime anyone mentions the artist DMX, you know, mm-hmm, DMX, mm-hmm, there's a mm-hmm. part in the movie and he's like, well, if you listen to DMX, when you're pregnant, your baby's going to come out going, Hur. and I was like, <laughs> I say that a lot and I don't know why, but that is the one <laughs> quote. People that are like not even pregnant exactly. or like They're can't not even, get pregnant yeah. or anything. Not, <laughs> it's just my fun fact. Like, <laughs> no one's oh, pregnant. No one's talking about pregnancy or anything. That's just yeah. my, oh that's my, my cool bar trick. <laughs> that's funny. Y'all. Oh, sorry. Last thing. I know we keep making this go on and on. I went to a podcast live show this past weekend. Oh, my God. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. And I was like, holy shit, we need to get popular enough to do a live show. Yeah. Because yes. they were so fun. And that you could tell, awesome. like, they loved it. Mm-hmm. Granted, they're like actual comedians, and so they were like comedians before they got famous podcasting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like they were used to being on a stage. But mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it was so fun! I loved it. That sounds awesome. So I'm like, everybody share all the things so that we can become podcast famous and do a live show. Thank you. Uh, like, comment, share, and press yes. that bell. <laughs> <laughs> To get notifications it's right down here <laughs> so oh, God. Ed, Ed, i always say i welcome back to my welcome, welcome back to my channel is like what i think about saying every single time and mm-hmm. so now rainy says it all the time <laughs> anytime She's like welcome back to my channel it's because when people and walk in the door i'm like if i'm not looking at them then i'll say oh welcome in and she's like welcome back to my channel and i'm like <laughs> okay shut up i get it i understand i get it i would do the same thing all right enough of us rambling um Mm -hmm. storm where can they find us if they want to hear more rambling we're on youtube Mm -hmm. youtube i'm not gonna forget this time we're on the tubes Go like, subscribe, and press the bell for notifications. <laughs> so we don't get lost on the internet. <laughs> you know, YouTube just, just doesn't like to share us. They've, mm-hmm. they've ghosted us. So you have to press that little bell so you get notifications. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are on Facebook, Three Siblings Walk Into a Bar. We are on Instagram at Three Swib Podcast. Um, go on there, like, comment. Do all the things. We love when you guys interact with us. Also, mm-hmm. please rate and review. It is very, very helpful for us, especially on Apple, because they are a little picky. And yeah. All right. Well, that's what happens when three siblings walk into a bar. <laughs>